You are Locked On Pirates, your daily Pittsburgh Pirates podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Tomorrow, the Locked On Podcast Network is partnering with the Draft Network to cover the NFL Draft live. Get insight and analysis from Locked On local experts and the Draft Network's national experts as the draft unfolds. I really think the draft starts at number three. I think the top two picks are already pretty much set in stone, but we will see. Crazier things have happened. Subscribe to the Locked On NFL YouTube page to watch live three-day coverage of the NFL Draft, April 29th through May 1st. You can also find me on Locked On Steelers tomorrow as I am with Christopher Carter talking about what the Steelers could be doing at the 24th pick and what they could be doing in the rest of the draft. So once again, make sure you check out the Locked On NFL YouTube page for all of your NFL Draft news, opinions, and analysis. What is up everybody and welcome back to Locked On Pirates. Of course, today is Wednesday, April 28th, as we are one day away from the NFL Draft. And before we get into today's episode, of course, as you heard in the intro, I will be on Locked On Steelers tomorrow with Christopher Carter talking about everything that the Pittsburgh Steelers could be doing in the NFL Draft starting tomorrow. But more importantly, Today on Locked on Pirates, the Pittsburgh Pirates are once again a 500, above 500 baseball team. Sorry, not a 500 baseball team, an above 500 baseball team as the Pittsburgh Pirates have now defeated the Kansas City Royals 2-1 in uh, what has been an interesting little uh, start to the year for the Pittsburgh Pirates. Uh, Wilmer Defoe, the big uh, winner here in this game. Pirates, of course, winning 2-1, to one, getting a good start again from their pitching staff. I mean, the Pittsburgh, Tyler Anderson just did awesome again. And the Pirates right now have won 11 of their last 16 since a 1-6 start, moving back to 500 for the first time since opening day. And Derek Shelton had this to say, We have to figure out ways to create run-scoring opportunities, and we did a good job of executing. Sometimes you don't have to hit the ball hard to score some runs. The Pittsburgh Pirates have pretty much proved that. I mean, they haven't been exactly the greatest home-running inning team. I think everybody kind of knew that. But, I mean, you look at how the Pirates scored these runs, and Jacob Stallings singled off of Jacob Junis in seventh um, and took third on Kevin Newman's one-out single on a hit-and-run. And then, of course, Wilmer Defoe came on. He now leads the National League in pinch hits with four. And also check me out on Locked on MLB today as I talk about this victory more as well with Sully over at Locked on Major League Baseball. And Defoe came in, scored Jacob Stallings, and the Pittsburgh Pirates got the W, held on to a 2 and one lead. Um, Dwayne Underwood, of course, picked up the victory uh, as the Pirates bullpen once again just absolutely lights out stuff. I mean... Dwayne Underwood came in, played really well. Richard Rodriguez has faced 33 batters this year and only surrendered two base runners all year. Sam Howard had another good inning of work as well. And I've said this and I'll say it again, if this Pirates bullpen can keep this pace up, who's to say that they don't continuously keep winning ballgames? Especially if the starting pitching, like Tyler Anderson today, who gave them six good innings, 
gives them good innings, and that's what I want to see from Mitch Keller tonight is another or a good five or six inning outing. We'll see. But I really want to see that kind of be the model. And there's nothing wrong with that model. You're not not every team has a guy that's going to pitch eight or nine innings every start. Nobody on this team is Jacob DeGrom. Nobody on this team is Shane Bieber. But when you have a bullpen right now that is a 1.75 ERA since April 8th, which is leading the National League, you don't exactly need that. Now, of course, you don't want to burn out the bullpen arms. But when you have so many arms, really the only bad arm in the bullpen right now is Chris Stratton. Luis Oviedo, I guess, in terms of stats, has not been the greatest, but he's still been like good. So when you have a plethora of arms that you can go to, like a Dwayne Underwood, like a David Bednar, like a Michael Feliz, like a Kyle Crick, like Richard Rodriguez, you don't exactly need to have a pitcher go seven innings every day or every start, which is good for them because then their arms don't get tired, you limit injuries, stuff like that. Because that's the last thing that the Pirates need is injuries to happen to the pitching staff because that's where the fall could be. Now, again, the offense does have to pick it up a little bit, though. Jacob Junis pitched really well. He only gave up, the, uh, I believe, the one run or the two runs. And the thing for me is, yes, you can rely on your bullpen as of it is right now. But what happens when the bullpen starts giving up runs? What happens when the bullpen maybe falls off? What happens if there's injuries to the bullpen and you have some things happen to where you're not getting that same support that you were getting before? The Pirates offense has been pretty off and on. And don't get me wrong, I'm okay with it. They're winning games. They're 12-11. and 11. But also do not shy away from the fact that, yes, it is also April. There are still over 100 games left by a long margin. I think about over 130 games left. So there's still a ton of things that can happen in this year. And for the Pirates, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Because right now, tonight, you get Mike Miner versus Mitch Keller. Let's say Mitch Keller comes out, pitches five, six good innings, and the Pirates win again. They'd be 13-11, 6-3 at home, and be right in the thick of the NL Central lead conversation if the Brewers lose some games because they play the St. Louis Cardinals starting tomorrow. In a homestand, where they've played very good at home so far. And the Pittsburgh Pirates, again, are, to me, kind of, they're, they're obviously not a contender. Like, that's just not even true. Like, not even close. Maybe do they contend for the division? It just depends on how it pans out. I don't think the Reds are going to be as bad as they are now. They started the season really hot, and now they've just hit a cold streak in their last. I think the Cubs pick it up a little bit as well. I think all four of these teams are going to pick it up at some point. But if the Pirates are in the thick of things around, you know, June, it makes you think about what the Pirates could do. Now, of course, the logical thing, even if you are kind of in that spot, let's say they're like three or four games over 500, maybe five games out, it's still, you, you trade you trade certain guys. You, you trade like a Richard Rodriguez if he's at his peak still. You trade an Adam Frazier if he's still hitting over 300. You trade guys like that so you can bring even more pieces into the rebuild. But on the other side of the coin, say the Pirates, and as I said this on Locked on MLB today, if you guys listen to it, but I'll say it here as well, what if the Pirates, for some shocking reason, in like June or July, like prior to the deadline, let's say All-Star break, are five or six, maybe even ten games over 500? Do you trade some of your pieces for something that could help you possibly win the division? 
Now, of course, I do not think this is going to happen. I think the chances of that happening are slim to none. I think by the time July comes, the Pirates will probably be about 5 or 10 games under 500. And there's nothing wrong with that. Because a lot of people said this was going to be a 110-loss, 100-loss team. And right now, they're almost at the end of the month, and they're above 500. And again, a large part of that is the bullpen, but you also have seen a lot of returns of good players, like Colin Moran, we'll talk more about that in the next segment, has looked really good at first base. Brian Reynolds, for example, has returned to his like form of hitting over 300. Yes, Phillip Evans has had a drop-off, but he's a big reason why they were winning a lot of those ball games, and he sticked in the lineup. We've already talked about Adam Frazier, who's had a really good start to the year. And then, I mean, Polanco's been picking it up lately. I mean, Eric Gonzalez has been pretty solid at shortstop and third base. Kevin Newman, I think, is going to pick it up at some point, And Jacob Stallings has been a contributor as well. You're getting contributions from everywhere. Again, as I mentioned earlier, Wilmer Defoe leads the National League in pinch hits with four. That's, that's a contribution. Wilmer Defoe was brought in, and many thought, is he even going to make the roster? And he's on the roster as a utility guy. And as I will say it again, remind yourself... Pittsburgh fans, that the Pirates are doing this without their arguable best player and NL Rookie of the Year contender in Key Brian Hayes, who has played only two, like a game and one-thirds, pretty much, more than me. He's not played that much this year. At all, like, I mean, he got the spring training and all that, and like all that stuff, like fine and dandy, but as far as playing in the regular season, he's played one full game, and may I add, the Pirates won that game because of a home run he had in the first inning. Like, I mean, the Pittsburgh Pirates right now are hitting a lot of the right buttons. And, yes, people, I think, were right before the season started to kind of give Derek Shelton some, like, some flack. But he's shown that he's built, he can have a contending team right now. And there's nothing wrong with that. And Kansas City also, for people that are like, oh, well, Kansas City's not that good of a team. You shouldn't really celebrate it too much. They went into the game with the best record in baseball. The Pirates have better records than the Yankees, the Braves, and technically they have the same record as the Padres. The, Pi the Pirates are playing well, a really good baseball, and instead of being the pessimistic Pirates fan and saying, oh, well, they're just going to go down the uh, end of the line, enjoy it while you have it right now. Because I know for a fact that all of my view listeners and viewers or whatever don't want to hear me complain about the Pittsburgh Pirates being bad. And I think that Key Brian Hayes, when he comes back, is even going to make this team better because he's going to bring a jolt back to the offensive lineup. And sometimes if you need a jolt, you should check out BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, of course, is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. They have a plethora of flavors, one of mine be favorites being birthday cake. Also, Coconut Brownie Chunk, which won Built Bar Madness. Make sure you go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 for your 15% off on your next order. Meaning that even you could be an existing customer of BuiltBar.com and still get 15% off of your next order. And when we come back, Ben Charrington made three trades in the offseason, but I'm going to speak about one in particular. Uh, I can't speak today. One in particular that he's won already, and we'll be right back. And welcome back to Locked On Pirates, everybody. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most. I hope you all are having a beautiful Wednesday, April 28th, as 
fun week in sports right now. The Pittsburgh Pirates obviously playing some fun baseball, baseball all around us. Also, you have the NFL draft tomorrow. The NBA is winding down its season as well as the NHL is winding down its season. It's been pretty fun. But today, Ben Sherrington made three trades this offseason, and one of those being Josh Bell. Now, the Josh Bell trade kind of was like a hit or miss with Bucko Nation. Um, some people liked it, some people didn't. It was just one of those things where it was like, okay, cool. Well, Josh Bell's gone. Um, we acquired two mid-level prospects in the deal, obviously. In um, You acquired Will Crow, who did get a start this season already. You also acquired Eddie Yeen, who is a project, and some people really like him. But that's kind of like one of those to-be-determined things at the moment. And you look at the trade, and some people were like, oh, well, how's Colin Moran going to fare at first base? How's this going to affect Pittsburgh? So far this year, and I'm going to I'm gonna say this, do I, like, I'm going to say Josh Bell's stats so far this year. And this is no surprise to me because I was not one of the people in 2019 when Josh Bell was an all-star. I was happy he was an all-star. I love seeing Pittsburgh Pirates be all-stars, and I think Richard Rodriguez is going to be an all-star for the Pittsburgh Pirates if he's not traded by then. But I was not one of those Pirates fans that fell into the trap of, oh, he's an all-star, let's pay him, let's build around this guy. Like, you know, Some people fell into that trap. The Pirates even fell into that trap by like with the Chris Archer stuff. But either way, you consider it that, like this. That right now, Josh Bell on the year has one home run in 46 at-bats. That's like his mainstay is he's a home run hitter. So he only has one home run in 46 at-bats, meaning one out of basically 50 times he's going to hit a home run. Not a bad, like, kind of, not not really a necessarily, like, bad thing. I mean, I couldn't go on the field and hit one home run out of 50 against Major League Pitching. But he's also, in those 46 at-bats, has five hits, which equates to a 109 average right now. So Josh Bell clearly is not hitting the baseball well. Like, even Gregory Polanco, as of right now, has a almost over .1 better batting average than Josh Bell does. And the thing is, with that, is Polanco is one of the lesser hitters on the Pirates right now, by a pretty large margin outside of Kevin Newman. But even Kevin Newman, who has not been hitting the baseball well, is hitting better than Josh Bell right now. Josh Bell has a lower batting average than every single person in the Pittsburgh Pirates starting lineup right now, with about the same amount of at-bats, may I add. Now, here's the other part of this, is not only did Josh Bell get traded, and again, the Nationals did that trade as kind of like a low-risk high reward, which there's no wrong in that. They only traded Will Crow and Eddie Yeen, who, albeit in their system, were high prospects, but are not the highest prospects in any right. Not saying they're going to be bad or anything, because there's a big chance that they aren't. There's a big chance that Will Crow and um, Eddie Yeen pan out, and this trade works even more for the Pirates. But the Nationals are also 8-12. and 12. Now, of course, they didn't get to play their first series against the Mets and all that because of COVID and that kind of stuff, so that could have thrown them off the rhythm. And again, it's April. Like, let's not forget that it is April baseball. But for the Nationals, you're in a division with the New York Mets, who have been picking it up lately. 
You're in a division with the Atlanta Braves, who are, of course, going to pick it up at some point. The Philadelphia Phillies are no joke. And the Marlins are a pesky team. So you can't really afford to be 8-12, and and right now the Nationals are currently last in that division. And Josh Bell, if we remember, before he got there, said that I'm happy to be playing for a contender, yet the Nationals currently have a four less wins than the Pirates, one more loss, albeit they've played less games, and right now they just don't look the part, and Josh Bell doesn't either. And then you take into account also that people doubted Colin Moran. Don't 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 even get me started. Colin Moran is one of my favorite players in in all of baseball, and he has a two uh, two eighty nine average right now on the year, albeit he struck out a good amount, but four home runs and seventeen RBIs along with eight walks. Like he's been doing really good so far. And I said this too, I said Kyle Moran, who this year is pretty much his first full year at first base, I don't count last year because he was platooning pretty much with Josh Bell in what was a dumpster fire of a move, but Kyle Moran in his first full year, he looked the, he's looked the part defensively, I'll say that for at least some substance, he's looked the part offensively by a large margin, and also, I mean, he's just a fun guy to watch. And when the Pirates also, he's helping the Pirates by a lot because Mason Martin, who is the pretty much best prospect for this team at first base in the near future, maybe an Andy Rodriguez, are nowhere near being ready. Like They're not going to be ready until 2023-2024. And Colin Moran has some team control. I mean, why not opt to take a guy one that as I said this also on the Locked On MLB podcast today, why not, one, take a guy that you're only paying $2.8 million to this year, and to add to that, you have his, um, you have him until 2024 under rights, you have him under arbitration for the next two years, and he's a better baseball player. Colin Moran is just a better baseball player than, than Josh Bell. Like, it's just, it's not something that I would even, like, shy away from saying. He is a better baseball player than Joshua Bell. Even counting the All-Star. Count the stats. Like, look at Colin Moran's stats versus Josh Bell's stats in their careers, and they're not too far apart, if not Colin Moran being better. And I would bet on Colin Moran having a better season this year than Josh Bell, and if I could place a bet on that, I would use betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust, and that is betonline.ag. You can bet on the NFL Draft, Major League Baseball on a daily basis. You can bet on a lot of different things. You can bet on the NHL playoffs and the NBA playoffs when they come around. You can bet on reality TV. Bet on whatever you want and have fun doing it, as if you go to betonline.ag and use promo code Locked On, you get 50% for your first deposit, meaning they will give you free money for putting money into your account on betonline.ag and make sure that you let them know that the Locked On Podcast Network sent you. And when I come back, I'm going to talk about why this strong April from the Pittsburgh Pirates will be beneficial not only for this season, but for seasons to come. And I will be right back. And welcome back to the final segment 
of today's episode of Locked On Pirates. I am, of course, your host, Ethan Smith, who does the most. And we talked about the April stuff already. We talked about how it's really good for the Pirates. And for me, the Pittsburgh Pirates, of course, are a rebuilding team. Don't get anybody wrong. Don't let anybody tell you uh, anything different. And when you take it into account that the Pirates could potentially be going into May with a winning record, what's one thing that every team needs to eventually learn? It's being competitive. And if the Pirates can find a way to instill a competitive drive into this team, they're going to not only help the rebuild this year, but they're going to help it for years to come because right now, the only way that some of these players are leaving is via trade. But as me and Gary Morgan talked on Monday, this team has control of pretty much everybody. So they say, we like what we have here. Let's just add to it. They have control of all these guys. And nothing's going to change that, and it's a really good thing for them. And say the Pirates decide, okay, you know what? We're going to keep, like, Richard Rodriguez, who's arguably a top-five closer in baseball. We're going to keep... Adam Frazier, who's arguably a top 20, top 15 second baseman at right, at the moment right now. We're going to keep all these guys, and then we're just going to add like pieces around it. We're going to let the call-ups happen. I don't think you're going to see too many call-ups this year. That's one thing I think the people needed to realize about the Pirates going into the year is this was not just going to be a prospect-filled year. Even Anthony Alford is still there. He's at the alternate site. If he can fix things, maybe he gets back in the center field mix. But... When, and there's always a but, by the way. Imagine it's 2022 and it's July. And let's say, for some miraculous reason, the Pirates make a good slew of offensive moves and they're kind of back in the same spot again. So they do, they're do. they like a competitive team, but they're not like a World Series team. But let's say they make a couple moves to where instead of being one game over 500 in, like, April next year, they're four or five. And they cement themselves pretty quickly as a team that could win the NL Central. Now, where would they learn that from? They would learn that from winning games here. And also keep in mind that I always say this about the Pirates right now, is that they did not, it's not like they're beating like the Texas Rangers and the Baltimore Orioles and the other rebuilding teams in baseball. They're beating a San Diego Padres team that has went neck and neck with the Los Angeles Dodgers six games this year. They beat the NL Central leading Milwaukee Brewers in a series. They have split the games against the Chicago Cubs. They're currently 3-3 three and three against the Cubs. And a Minnesota Twins team that has won back-to-back AL Central division crowns. This Pirates team is not beating any teams that are like garbage. Like, it's, it's not like these teams are bad. They're beating levels of competition that they shouldn't be beating. And for me... You have to take that into account. And I'm going to keep this last segment short today. But make sure you follow everything I talk about on Twitter at LockedOnPirates. Of course, I am always on there interacting with everyone. I raise the Jolly Roger anytime the Pittsburgh Pirates get a win. And also follow me on Twitter. Um, Also follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan as I am always tweeting now about like NFL draft stuff, all that good stuff. I hope you all have a wonderful rest of your Wednesday. Thank you so much and have an awesome one.